Thanks for joining us today for TED Speaks with your host, Ted Carew, the Positive Safety Coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Please join us in welcoming Michael Kandra. Michael is currently head of bidding with Americas for Hitachi Rail in Pennsylvania, where he is responsible for all bids delivered for Hitachi Rail in North and South America. His previous experience includes project director for large system projects and also project manager for signaling projects across the country, which he did for several years. Michael has a bachelor's degree in applied mathematics, master's in industrial engineering, and an MBA from the University of Pittsburgh. Hey, Michael, how are you doing today? Hey, Ted, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you on the show and learn more from you. Can you kind of give our audience a little bit of a background about you? Yeah, just a little bit of history about myself. I've been working in the signaling and rail industry now for going on almost 10 years. I've done everything from being a bid manager to a project manager to a project director for a large systems project current role is being the head of bidding for all of America. So uh, any bid that goes on for Hitachi Rail in the North or South America, my group, they reports to me is responsible for. Well, you know what I like to call that a lot of times, and I just give the estimators a hard time on this. I always call it guesstimating. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely an art. It is an art. I'd always say to the guys, hey, uh, How's your dartboard feeling today? So it's just kind of a joke of that. So and then they came back with their safety jokes, of course. So. <laughs> oh, there's no safety jokes, is there? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael, we have a lot of questions here for you today. What is your philosophy on working dynamic with your safety department on projects? Yeah, that's a great question, Barb. So really the philosophy and the effort that goes into the project team, it's more of the director is responsible for the delivery of the entire project, soup to nuts, anything and everything. The director sits up top. But I'd actually say that there's three positions outside of the director that are empowered with just as much power as the director and they're dotted lines and it's more of a working relationship. One of those positions being a quality assurance manager. So if your quality starts to fail, the quality assurance manager can come in shut down the project, say, we need to stop, we need to fix all this, we can't proceed. The other two, actually being on the safety side of things, one is our RAMS manager who's responsible for all of our vital design. So if the safety industry is aware or not, signaling is actually one of the pioneers of safety. And, and the first time that signaling was introduced, it wasn't to try to move people as fast from point A to point B. It was to try to move people as safely from point A to point B. And that's what our RAMS manager does for us, making sure that our design and all the processes that we followed result in a safety product at the end of the day that we deliver. And then the third and last person is our health and safety manager on the project. 
who's responsible for all site safety, so our project offices, any construction activities, electrical installation activities that are happening on site, making sure that we're following OSHA guidelines, all of those things our HSC manager would then manage on the project as well. All three of them, like I said before, they report with the dotted lines to the project director. It is a team environment leading the entire project. And I think all three of them, including the project director, so all four of them are the only ones at the project level who could really stop a project if the project's not operating in a specific manner. And two of those four people, they're 100% dedicated to safety. And I think that culture alone at the top of a project, when you look at it, you really see it's kind of top-heavy with the safety resources. And that dynamic really gives the project director the ability to lean on his safety department to be, you know, kind of his right-hand men to help him guide and lead the overall project. So, Kind of just setting the tone for the project right away, right? I mean, saying that this is important to us. We value safety. It's not a priority. Exactly. Yeah. And like you had said, those three components working as a team, if you're great at what you do individually, that's one thing. But if you can pull together and work with each other and be on the same page, more success for everyone. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think the project team actually notices that whenever they're working, because if you look at a project team and you're working maybe you're in supply chain or procurement or engineering and you're looking up at the project leadership team and you see the project director and the safety people are combative with each other, you're going to naturally start to be combative because you're going to more often than not take the side of the director because that's who you report to within the project. So setting that expectation to the entire project team that, hey, I fully back and support everything that they say as well they're going to listen. And then that dynamic's going to flow through your entire project organization to have that safety approach. I think that sounds like a very effective safety approach. How do you handle safety issues or make corrections as they come up during the project, which I know is always kind of a struggle for all of us? Yeah. So I'd say when something happens on site, number one thing and most important thing is escalate as quickly and as transparently as possible. We want to know everything as fast as possible that's going on on site. If our safety manager is not there, he'll obviously he'll travel to on site to where maybe an incident happened. We want to know everything and anything related to it and get a full detailed report. We would then escalate if necessary, letting the customer know, letting our executive team know, given the severity of the incident, and make sure it was all reported properly. I think the other thing you can do as well is use it as a coaching moment at that time and not just for the specific resource that may have had a safety incident, but for the entire team. Because when you set that safety culture within a program, the important side of it is making sure you're training and you're coaching consistently and using real-time examples that happened on your project. You can then take a negative, turn it into a positive to make sure you can re-emphasize safety on this project. Here's an incident that occurred. You know, this is how you handle the incident properly. And these are the things that we need to make sure we're getting better and doing better at. Because no project is doing anything and everything perfectly and issues do arise, but making sure you handle them properly and then don't make that mistake moving forward is always important. Well, I think that's a great example because 
If you can give a realistic of an incident that everybody's aware of and knows that happens, they're going to be able to comprehend that and understand that much better than giving them some book saying out of the OSHA book or out of something. They're going to actually learn from that. And so I think that's a great point. I loved how you said using it as a coaching moment. I think sometimes people rush through, like, let's get this crisis out of the way. Okay, now we're good. Let's move on to the next. Or they put something in there that is not realistic to follow. Right. So if you don't learn from your mistakes, what good is it? And I loved how you said that coaching moment you have to really grasp and utilize. Yeah. And, and to further reemphasize that, I like how you said, you know, learning from a book, further emphasizing what you're doing, mistakes can happen. These are the hands-on training abilities that we're able to give the rest of the team. Extremely important in those situations and making sure the resources can see how it relates to them in their job. Definitely. Do you feel that safety affects other areas of a project? And if so, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So as I said, safety is definitely a cultural approach. I'd even say if if you look at an overall project, you have four main things, four goals on a project that I've ever delivered or been involved in, whether it's the bid or the project. Four goals are number one, I've always stressed safety. It's always been number one on the list. Safety is most important. Safety of the resources working to actually deliver the project and safety on the equipment and end product that we're delivering to our customer. And then at the end, because we're in the rail industry, the passengers and riders to the public. Um, Second thing is quality. And I think if you're taking the time to actually focus on what you're doing out on site and in the field, and you're taking a safety approach even within your design, the quality of all your work and the workmanship actually improves because the employees are now focusing and they're starting off their shift focusing on here's all the safety type items. This is what I need to do in order to prepare, getting the equipment set up for safety. It's getting you in the mindset prepared to actually do your work. So I think not only does safety help protect everybody from the safe working aspect, but it also improves their quality of work. And then the third thing I always preach is the schedule, which in that mindset, when you get into a safety mindset and you get into focus, and this is what you showed up here to do to get your work done today, that quality of work and then that focus of work helps actually drive the overall schedule. And I think too often times people look at safety as a deterrent to schedule when really it should be looked at as it's helpful because now you're able to turn your employees to focus, get done what they need to get done, operating in the safe manner and completing the task in a timely manner as well, which then at the end drives schedule. And then the fourth thing is always the project manager, as a bidding manager, the financials are important. And really the financials are just a trailing indicator. If you did the first three, great, your financials will be great. I really like those four goals. You talk about safety, quality, schedule, in the finance, because the reality is, is finance is what drives our organizations. So we have to be able to be aware of that. I just have kind of a, a little side question on, on the schedule. Have you found employees sometimes that will either say, we got to take this a little bit slower, or do you find some ones that take it really slow in the name of safety? Do you ever have that issue? Interesting question. And actually, it's, it's a very good one. The pandemic is a new strange world that we're operating in over the past year. We did find inefficiencies with people having to operate and stay socially distanced within the room, the wearing of the face shields, 
you know, those type of things. Cause they're doing detailed electrical wiring within the room. And we started off, everybody had to wear face shields. And then we quickly learned, okay, a mask is with the CDC guidelines they are recommending we can switch to a mask and this type of thing. I think in that situation, we definitely were seeing some inefficiencies having to operate because when you're doing electrical installation wiring, sometimes you need two people and they have to be close to each other. Our safety manager, you guys have talked with Wyatt Bradbury, did a fantastic job working and coaching the team to get them up to speed. So initially, we did see some inefficiencies, but then once we started working in that environment, honestly, over the past, let's say, six months, we have not seen any inefficiencies with working in the field so much as now this is just the working environment that we have to have. That was really the big one said that comes to mind, honestly. Other than that, no, we've never had anybody push back and say, we could do this a lot faster if we didn't have to follow these safety precautions. Because it's more so from a culture perspective, we're not going to accept that answer anyways. You're right. going to have to do what we're telling you to do. It's the tone you said at the beginning of the project. And clearly you guys are doing that. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And this last year of your example, you know, it really made people just have to think outside of their box, work under different and uncomfortable situations and just do what you could to get the job done safely. The next question here, I know Ted talks a lot about company safety record plays a major part in bidding a project. In your current role when estimating safety resources, how do you view safety costs? Yeah. So safety costs, whenever you're estimating, because as the estimator, you're always are trying to keep your costs low, be as efficient as possible. Safety costs, actually, I look at as more of a risk mitigation because a project can significantly get hit if they're not following safety practices, procedures. And I'll even take it on the RAM side of things. If you do your design without focusing on all of the RAMS requirements associated with it and you get to the end and you go to hand it over for the safety validation and you didn't follow any of those safety processes, the project's automatically going to get stopped right then and there and sent back to the design and have to rework all of that. So when we engage during a proposal, we're engaging our HSC and our RAMS with dedicated resources who come in, they review all the requirements, they have workshops and working sessions with the project engineer explaining, hey, these are the requirements you guys need to look out for, make sure you estimate to do X, Y, and Z. And then you set up front the template for how the project is going to be executed during the bid. So making sure that RAMS has already vetted and reviewed all of those requirements. And then HSC on the other side, Working with our construction commissioning team, they've also viewed and vetted all of those requirements and all of the estimates that come together with those additional requirements. We're, one, we're making sure we're not missing anything out of the customer's contractual requirements. And then two, just like I said at the beginning, you're doing a risk mitigation of issues not happening on site, major schedule delays, major cost overruns because you've missed requirements, those type of things. So when I look at safety on the bidding process, it's really about risk mitigation for the delivery and the execution of the project. And having safety involved up front is extremely important. Yeah. I mean, if you just get a stop of work, right? Look at how much that's going to cost an organization. If you're not on top of that stuff and looking at it beforehand, the efficiencies like you talk about are definitely going to pay for itself in that process. So kind of like we talk a lot, try to be proactive instead of reactive whenever you can. And in this example too. The more prepared right. you are, the better it is. The better you're going to get on your ROI, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, just like you guys said, estimating is a work of art. <laughs> is that what Ted said? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess I said that. No. <laughs> but the reality is, is you can't estimate for all that rework. No. You can't go into a bid saying, hey, well, we're going to screw up and we're going to have to rework all this. Right. We're going to have oh. to estimate that we're going to do it right the first time. Well, you have a lot of time on your hands if you do it that way, right? Because you'll never yes. get a bid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's correct. And also on the rework stuff, too, I think it's important to realize that that's usually I have found in my career. That's where a lot of injuries occur because employees don't like to do stuff again a second time. They just don't enjoy that. They take pride in their work and getting it done the first time. So I have found that the injuries actually go up when you start that rework. So a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, the risk management of that is crucial at the beginning of a project. Absolutely. Michael, how do you feel safety really influences your organization as far as reputation of your organization? Well, I think it's very important, especially working on the contractor side. Customers were starting to see a lot of do within the RFPs that get released that we're bidding on. Customers have a heavy focus on safety and not just the safety requirements, but the safety reputation of the project in the company for the qualifications that we have to submit. So it used to be, I'll take 10, 15, 20 years ago, safety was a little blurb within the RFP. And tell us if you've had any OSHA incidents or something along those lines, if they requested any safety feedback. Now we're seeing entire sections that have to be written out about safety and the history of safety. So if you're working in an unsafe manner on a project, it can actually turn around and influence future work significantly because customers are looking at safety. One, are you going to put any of my end customers in danger by creating an unsafe system? And two, are you going to put any of my resources at risk or any of your resources at risk while you're operating on site, which then leads to insurance, legal battles, those types of things, which is a significant cost driver on a project. And then the third thing is quality of work. And that's why I say safety and quality really go hand in hand. If you're working in a safe manner, you're more than likely also working in a high quality manner as well. I think customers are really looking at that. And if you're working in an unsafe manner, it's definitely going to be a direct reflection on the incoming sales that you're having moving forward. Yeah, I was just recently having a conversation with the vice president of a multi-billion dollar construction company. And he was telling me about how he went down to a certain project and they were going through the contract, making sure it was all okay and stuff like that. And he made a determination that he wasn't going to leave until it was signed. And they signed that contract, went back the next day, got a phone call and said, you know what, if we would have known what your safety is, I would have never been able to give you this contract. And that really woke him up. He's like, holy cow. And ever since then, the organization has definitely taken a different view at safety, not just from the safety of the people, but also from getting to work. Yes, I completely agree. And actually, we see that within our industry as well, because construction and rail overlap significantly. So we see the same exact thing. If, if something happens significantly on a project where our reputation takes a hit because we were practicing in an unsafe manner. We definitely are going to see a hit on our incoming sales and new bids that we're working on because that reputation, it quickly disperses throughout the industry. Yeah. And unfortunately, it doesn't take long to lose what you built up. So you got to maintain. Hey, Michael, I want to thank you for being on the show today. As you know, this is probably my favorite part of the show to have a little fun. As the positive safety coach, I believe that it's always important to have positive outlook on health and safety. So we're going to have a little fun with you and have a little humor. 
Are you up to our uh, jokes? Our jokes? <laughs> I am, yes, absolutely. All right. What do you call a pig that does karate? I'm going to go with a pork chop. Yes, oh. way to go, Michael. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. We don't have very many people get our jokes right. You must have been studying or you've been talking to Wyatt, one of the two, right? <laughs> no, no, actually, I didn't study on my own. I have four daughters, actually, all under the age of eight. And my oh. eight-year-old in second grade comes home every day oh. and tests me with a joke just like that. And actually, she's asked me that joke sometime in the past month, oh, I remember. Well, can so. we get her contact information? <laughs> yeah, we yeah. need some help from her. <laughs> yeah. Every day she comes home and I'm just blown away that, where are you finding these jokes? <laughs> I at? love so, it. And I love them. They're great. They're fantastic. It's that positive reinforcement, right? It's about making things good. So I think having a little laughter... Putting a little smile on people's faces is so important. And I just have to say four kids under the age of eight, you said? Yeah. Yep. That's correct. You're busy. <laughs> we were there once too. It's fun, but oh, it's really? a busy life, isn't it? And here I thought you were good at planning, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they're all two years apart, so that was planned. Well, there you go. Okay. We have a next joke here. Did you hear about the guy whose whole left side was cut off? I have not. Yeah. He's all right now. <laughs> Did you get it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to say this last one, but I'm kind of throwing myself under the bus here, but I'm okay with that. Is Google male or female? Oh. I bet your daughter didn't come home with this one. No, she didn't come home with that. <laughs> no, I'm going to go with male. Okay. Well, Google is female because it doesn't let you finish a sentence before making a suggestion. And that is so true. <laughs> I'm okay with I'm that. I'm not laughing at that one. I'm not laughing at that <laughs> if one. If I can <laughs> laugh, hey, it's kind of true. <laughs> I'm a good one. Hey, Michael, uh, we want to thank you again for being on the show and all your insights into safety, quality. Really enjoyed that. Can you just kind of give our listeners, if they want to talk to you or get a hold of you, how the best way to do that would be? Yeah, you can always shoot me an email at michael.andrek at hitachirail.com. I'd be happy to reach out and discuss with anybody else within the industries on uh, safety practices or things that we do or maybe things that they do uh, that they found helpful within their bidding or project execution processes. Yeah, I think that's great. Sharing that information, right? And and making us all better as industries, as companies and everything. So thank you so much for being on the show, Michael, and have a super safe day. Yep. Thanks, Michael. Take care. Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to TED Speaks with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center. Follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week.